2: You're listening to Be Uncommon, a space for you to step boldly into everything that you're meant to be. A space for you to forget the norms and remember who the hell you are. I'm your host, Aspen King. Let me show you what it means to be uncommon. welcome back to be uncommon today we are diving into all things social media and i have a very special guest on today my friend megan megan say hi hi everyone if you guys don't know who megan is we actually met through social media which is why i feel like this conversation is going to be so cool because we had no idea who each other were but stumbled upon each other on social media and how fitting that we're going to be sharing some of that today and just diving into how the heck we've created our lives on social media. We both have worked full-time through social media. We've been through hell and back on social media. (laughs) Um, We're also going to dive into some of your guys' questions that you asked uh, surrounding just social media in general. Um, And yeah, we're going to just kind of get real with you guys today. You guys know that that's kind of my jam. I want to be really transparent. I think a lot of people want to build on social media, but... Um, it's really easy to glamorize and it's really easy to want something that maybe you don't know what comes along with it. And we're not here to scare you by any means. We're here to empower you to step into that kind of having the knowledge of everything that's possible on social media. There's so many opportunities, but there's also hurdles that come with it that we didn't realize and hopefully you can learn from some of our mistakes or lessons. All right so we're going to share a little bit about our backgrounds. Um, Megan why don't you go first just kind of how you got into social media how you started creating income through social media because obviously you're going to dive into it but as a registered nurse that probably was not really on your radar and then kind of how you scaled to that full-time income through a platform that we were both using just not in the way that we are now.
3: Yeah for sure so I think back to when I started it's feels like it's so long ago, but that was back in 2018. And I, like Aspen said, I'm a full-time nurse and I went to school to, for nursing. I didn't go to school for social media or content creation or anything like that. I mean, if you look back on my Instagram, I posted maybe once a month, maybe every other month, but it was of like... Your
2: festivals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was
3: only when I was like ready and put together, right? Like it was never just like a post in my bare skin or anything like that, which we can dive into later. Obviously, as you grow through social media, you open up your life to a lot more things, a lot more people. But going back to then, you know, I knew nothing about social media. But like Aspen said, I met her online on Instagram, and you know, I reached out, and I was literally she's literally a stranger to me, and now we're recording this podcast, which is so crazy to me, but. I reached out, asked her what she was doing. She was doing a side hustle and network marketing and she kind of told me like, this is what I'm doing. Do you want to be a part of it? And I feel like to build something so sustain, not sustainable, to build something so big, you have to kind of be like naive, but like also have the confidence to just be like, clearly this is placed in my life for a reason. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing, but like, it's here for a reason. I'm going to be naive and just like jump right in. I'm not going to ask a million and one questions because I'm going to figure it out along the way. And that's kind of what I did. I feel like we both kind of did that. Um, so I was very naive to it at first and yet I was confident because I was like, this is going to work. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I got started. I asked her what she was doing. I jumped right in, didn't ask many questions and you know, learned so much along the way. Like I'm used to pulling pills from a, from a machine, passing them to patients. I'm not used to figuring out how to create content, how to brand myself, how to, you know, even speak with customers or do sales or anything like that. And I was jumping into a completely different, different game. So as I got to where I am today, I learned so much along the way. And, you know, here we are, we want to talk about how we began creating income. So That kind of opened the opportunity to all kinds of other income possibilities for me. And it really started with that one yes in network marketing.
2: It's crazy that you say that you don't, you have to have that sense of being naive and also (laughs) having confidence. And it is so true that you kind of just have to blindly say yes to things. And I talk about this all the time of like the do then think mentality. Mm -hmm. And I, I was making a TikTok the other day and it dawned on me that like, The reason I'm able to say yes to things without really thinking about it is because I think about saying no is going to delay my timeline of success and being able to just say yes to things. And whether it works out or doesn't, you're on a different track. You're trying out a different road and saying yes is going to expedite that success kind of no matter what, because the faster you fail, the faster you succeed. And obviously if you don't fail, that's great too. So having that you know, mindset of, I'm just going to say, yes, I don't even really know what's going on, but we're just going to give it a whirl. I feel like it's how so many people start these journeys that when they look back, they're like that one, yes, changed my entire life. And I think that happened for both of us. We both started in the network marketing space. That's how we found each other. We started to build businesses online. And we also started to realize the opportunity that being online presented. And that's when a lot of doors started opening for me is just through my sales background, through being a creator, I was able to talk to brands differently than a lot of creators. I was able to negotiate differently than a lot of creators. I was able to sell differently than a lot of creators because I had that sales background that allowed me to sell in a way that people didn't even realize I was selling to them. And it was converting so much higher than a lot of other creators that these brands were working with. And they noticed that and it started to, like I said, open a lot of doors for me inside of my network marketing business, outside of my network marketing business in so many different facets and scaling to a full-time income on social media. We both started in 2018. I took my business full-time in 2019. When did you take yours full-time? I took mine full time in the beginning of 2020. I think. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So, a couple years in, a year yeah. in, you know, we are at the point where we're building these full time social media empires essentially. Mm-hmm. And neither of us had any background in social media. And I feel like that's when you learn the ups and downs. You start to get into, okay, I threw myself into this. I'm learning as I go. Like, I'm trudging through the weeds. And finding the snakes and finding the things and learning how to slay them as we go. We've made so many mistakes. We've had so many incredible opportunities. We've had so many incredible wins. We've had so many incredible losses and just downslopes of our journeys. And I want to talk through some of that because I think those learning lessons are exactly why we're here. It's like, what's the point of doing this if not to share with other people so that maybe they can avoid them or even just... As they go through them, they know that they're not alone. And I think the main thing for me that I learned along the way was it's really easy to lose yourself on social media. It's really easy to, and I talked about this on my last podcast, but lose your identity, become what you do instead of actually who you are. And I know Megan talks a lot about the comparison trap. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is something that so many creators can get into because especially on like TikTok and things there's there's always TikTok's something trending so, yeah there's always something trending there's always someone trending i think right now alex earl is like the it girl mm-hmm. and i want to talk mm-hmm. about it a little bit because it's so interesting to me and alex earl's a gem she seems like the greatest cutest sweetest human but the the way people fixate on a specific person and i always try to like psychologically figure out why like why why her why them why whatever And it's so easy to be like, okay, that's what she's doing. So that's what we all have to do in order to be successful. When in reality, the reason she became successful is because she was doing it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that alone is like a light bulb moment for so many people of if you can actually just get your head out of all of the trends and what everybody else is doing and kind of start to find your own way and remember again, who you are instead of just what you do. You'll start to forge a new path that, for me, the goal isn't ever to go viral. The goal is to continue to provide value and find, like, my people and, you know, again, build sustainability through social media. But if you can forge your own path in a way that also attracts people, I feel like that's where the gold is. Yeah, I think,
3: you know, you don't want to be like everyone else because everyone else that you don't stick out in that. And so you're you were made you for a reason. And I think being your authentic self is sometimes scary because you're like, I don't know how people are gonna perceive me. I don't know how you know I'm gonna come off. But at the end of the day, like if you're showing up as someone else, you're not gonna make as much money. You're not gonna convert as many sales because it's not your authentic self. And regardless if you're a creator, you're a business owner, you're a photographer, whatever it is, If you're constantly copying other people's work, it's not going to go as far. You're not going to make as much money. People aren't going to perceive you the way that you really truly should be perceived in order to, you know, scale your business or scale whatever you're doing. So I think really, you know, going back to like the ups and downs, I really just want to touch on like if you're at a low point right now, I promise it gets better. You just have to keep going and, you know, your high points, they don't last forever. So just know that something's going to happen and you just got to get back up. And I think... That is where people aren't transparent in the creator space and in just social media in general is there are hardships where you're like, I don't know if I can do this anymore or... Holy cow, like that really rocked me or whatever it is. But I just want you to understand you have to remember like why you're doing this. Who am I providing value to? Who am I, you know, serving? What is the purpose of all of this? And you just have to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have A through Z written out and, you
2: know, you don't have to
3: have it all figured out. You, you learn along the way.
2: And even if you do have A to Z written out, I can pretty it's much guarantee you're going to go yeah. AZX742 <laughs> yeah. on your way there. It's not exactly. going to be what you think it is. But I remember a specific point earlier this year that Megan and I sat down together and we were like, okay, how can we begin to make social media somewhere we want to be again? And it's not that social media ever uninspired me or like it felt toxic to me. It felt I felt like I wasn't excited to show up because I felt like I had put myself in a box.
3: Yeah, boxed in.
2: And so when we sat down and we were like, all right, let's like make social media fun again. I feel like that's when, I guess not this year, but back in 2022, you know, way back in the day. um, That's when everything shifted again, I think for both of us. And our brand started to develop and evolve in a way that we were really, really passionate about again, which brought that spark back again i talked about it last week if you don't if you didn't listen to that episode i highly suggest that you do because i think we both stepped back into our own identities instead of trying to or over identifying with what it is that we did
3: yeah no 100 percent. that podcast was literally like I text him right after and I was like, the pivot, most pivotal moment in our lives so far was when we had that conversation, that very tough conversation, honestly, like it was like, we have to look ourselves in the mirror and be like, okay, this is not working. Like be honest and true with yourself and pivot. And that pivotal moment has really, truly like done so much for me, not, not only like physically and like in business and in creator space and all that, but like just the mental clarity that's there now of just like knowing that this is where I'm supposed to be and this is what's going to lead to endless opportunities.
2: And I think that honestly goes back to just kind of having that naive faith that like you can make massive changes in how you're showing up without like, I feel like so many people are like, oh, then I have to like announce my new niche or my new, my new, I don't know, theme of my feed or whatever. It's like, no, you just need to like be real and authentic with people. And like, if you're not being your real and authentic self, it's time to step into that. And again, it goes back to just having that blind faith of like, if you're following what you actually genuinely are passionate about and what you actually genuinely want to show up and and talk about and show and provide value on, it's always going to work out. Mm -hmm. And making that shift, once again, just like saying yes to a business in 2018, making that shift in 2022... When a lot of people weren't making that shift was really scary when you run a business full time and it's your livelihood mm-hmm. to make this massive shift. But again, you look back and you think if we hadn't made those shifts, we wouldn't be where we are right now, which is doors are <laughs> flying open for us yeah. in ways that they never have. Period. Period. All right, you guys, you guys entered some questions for us on just kind of social media in general, and we want to touch on a couple of them because we think they're really important. And obviously you guys want to know, so we're going to give it to you. First one is how do you do it all while working full time and also keeping a relationship alive, whether it's a marriage, a a spouse, whoever it is, how the heck do we balance all of this? I feel like Megan, you've got a pretty good take on this.
3: Yeah, so I have been working full time again as a nurse, and let me tell you, it is very busy. Running a full time business, being a creator, having you know planning content shoots, being having my creative juices, and also working full time, and also I'm engaged, newly engaged, planning a wedding, um, keeping our relationship alive. So it's you know we're not going through it or anything like that. But I think it really just comes down to having your priorities and having you know having time management, like whenever whenever you feel like you can't balance at all like figure out what you need to get done the week before i love planning my days the night before like making a to-do list and just saying like these are the things that i have to get done these are the things that you know i need to get done this week whenever it fits in but also what mason and i have been doing just to keep our relationship alive because we are busy we're constantly doing a million and one things is to set specific date nights, maybe two times a month where you literally don't use your phones at all. And you go on a date night and you're just, you know, together, both of you doing, you know, out to eat or whatever your idea of a date night is. Um, and, you know, I think also planning your content, planning, you know, your week ahead If you have to work four or five days in a row, like what can you be doing on your lunch break? What can you do the hour after work? What can you do? Can you wake up 30 minutes earlier when the kids are sleeping and, you know, do your your business stuff there? I think really it just comes down to having the time management and making a plan.
2: Yeah, I think priorities and boundaries were the two words that really stuck out to me there. It's like, have boundaries in your work, Mm -hmm. have boundaries in your social life, have boundaries in your relationship, have boundaries in your social media, have boundaries on your phone time. Like there's got to be separations. I think for so many people, it just becomes this, I guess for me in the past, it's become this um, humble jumble, whatever the word would be of I'm doing everything all at once all the time. I'm eating dinner on my phone, talking to my husband trying to you know get a customer hooked up with the latest product and also selling something to someone else and also watching tv it's like that is welcome to fight or flight 25 8 like you won't get out of that massive just overwhelm and so that's something that's helped me so much is like if if i'm on family time mode my phone's upside down or in a different room if i'm you know having dinner i'm having dinner if i'm working i'm working like it's just going all in on what you're doing. And I know for so many people, they have to also multitask and it's like, figure out the way you can multitask in a way that you're also not in that fight or flight overwhelm mode. Cause I know that I've lived there before for extended periods of time and it just, it's not good. It doesn't end well.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think also understanding that you're not going to be able to do it all, all the totally. time. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things that I have learned in the last couple of years is just like to release Me being in control of every single thing, every single thing and doing it all. Like it's just not going to happen. So get clear on like what is important to you and how you can manage it all and then go from there.
2: And control the controllables and just don't worry about the rest. Mm -hmm. Let go of that strangle that you have on all of these things that you think it should be this way. It's just likely not going to be that way. All right, next question. How do you not let working from your home... Consume your identity. If you haven't listened to my last podcast again, I think we mentioned it a couple times now, not by, not by, by, in whatever.
3: You're plugging your own self. Yeah, I'm not trying to plug myself, (laughs) but
2: I did a whole episode on this last week. And I think it really is just stop over identifying with what you do and start identifying with who you are. And if working from home is consuming your identity, it's becoming everything. I think going back to the time management thing, have an office, if you can. Office hours. Office hours. to Create those boundaries um, and vocalize those boundaries with the people that you're working with, with your family. You just got to get good at communication. You got to get good at time management. You got to get good at boundaries. And you got to stop over-identifying with what you do. You are not what you do. What you do is a piece of you. You are you, and your work is not you. Your work is something that you do.
3: Which is a very hard concept for some of us. Especially entrepreneurs. Yes, it's very hard. To separate that, but I promise once you stop identifying yourself as your work and your achievements, like you will, the mental clarity and just how you feel about yourself is just gonna be a total game changer.
2: It's so true. It's like your business is gonna go up and down, your income's gonna go up and down if you're in the entrepreneurship space, especially on social media. If you're attached to that, guess what else is going up and down? Your mental health, your view of yourself. but if you remember that you're not your work, you're you, and you're so whole all the time, no matter if you're succeeding or failing, you're just going to be so much more stable. And I think that's the key. All right. Getting into some nitty gritty stuff. How do you organize your content in your phone? <laughs> Megan, do you, do you have any tips for this?
0: You know, see I phone. have, let's see your
2: phone. <laughs> Hand it over.
3: No, you have way more on your phone than me, probably. <laughs>
2: Let's see how many photos I have on my phone. Yeah, I only have. Uh, I have forty-four thousand photos, <laughs> um, and seven thousand two hundred videos. Okay, well, I only have twenty-three thousand
3: photos. Wow, half. and four thousand videos.
2: Okay, well, here's how I organize mine: albums,
3: mm-hmm.
2: albums, 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 and I've gotten a lot better at this lately. I used to kind of do retrospective albums where I would, like, go through and try to group things by, oh, photos of this, photos of this. Now, like, if I'm doing a branding shoot, I have an album for that whole branding shoot. If I have, you know, something launching, I have an album for that entire launch. If I'm working with a brand, that whole partnership is in an album. Um, If I have, you know, need ideas for things, I have an album for that. And so I think albums is kind of the main way. I don't really know... If there's any other way to really organize, it is nice that you can search photos again or not again, but now so you can search like places or things like that to find them. But I would say if you're a creator on social media that's creating for a business, you got to treat it like a business and that comes with some organization on your phone as best as possible. Yeah, I definitely agree
3: with that. I don't really have any other way that we, you could do it. I know a lot of people, like, at the beginning of the year, they, like, do, like, a clean, a phone, like,
2: Oh, yeah. Clean. Oh, I, I s- need to do that. I saw on TikTok the other day, someone pulls up the day of the year. So, like, January 1st, 2023, they type in January 1st, and they delete any photo that they don't need from January, all the January 1sts. And every day they just do that as part wow. of, like, their I love daily that. routine.
3: I, I didn't implement
2: that. it when I saw it, but now I'm thinking I, maybe you should do that. <laughs> I love that. I think that's smart. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about growing your following. Someone just straight up asked, how do you grow your following? And I think that, first of all, you need to get really clear on why you want to grow your following. Because the numbers are so irrelevant mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Especially now with micro-influencers and nano-influencers and macro-influencers and all of these different tiers of influencers if you're trying to create on social, there's a place for you. If you want to create income on social media, there's a place for you. You don't need 100,000 followers. You don't need 10,000 followers. You need followers that that trust you and that want to buy from you and that, you know, like you. And it doesn't matter if you have 400 of them or 400,000 of them. So, you need to figure out why you want your audience to grow. What value are you providing? What do you want to stand for? What are your values rather than the numbers, in my opinion?
3: Yeah, I think uh, create like this has happened to me. Uh, I have literally like 2,000 followers on TikTok and over 10,000 on Instagram. And I get way more brand reach outs from my TikTok than my Instagram. Like I have emails in my inbox every single day of brand like brands wanting to work with me from my tiktok and so release the timeline of like wanting to get 10k or 100k like it doesn't matter like aspen said how many followers you have it it matters like you showing up and being your authentic self, which in turn is going to build trust. And then they're going to want to purchase from you or support you in that type of way.
2: And going back to what we were talking about earlier, when you're forging your own path and being your authentic self and not following what everybody else is doing, brands notice that. Yeah. Brands want the person that has a loyal following and you have a loyal following because people see you. They don't see the carbon copy of everyone else that's out there on social media. So if you're whole point of growing your following is to get brand deals, start, you know, increasing your income, um, provide more value. It's truly just like figure out why you want to do these things and figure out what value you can provide and your people will come and it'll be great. You'll, you'll grow your following, but you'll do it in a way that's actually bringing you income, bringing you something other than just eyes on your page for no reason. And Our last question is, do you reach out to brands or do they come to you?
3: I don't. I have not reached out to any brands yet. Um, And mainly all of them have reached out to me.
2: Well, I think that you can, again, decide what you want. Are you someone that's trying to take on a full-time creator? Because if so, you're gonna have to put in the legwork. Mm-hmm. You gotta reach out to brands. You gotta pitch the brands. You gotta follow up with the brands. You have to be your own biggest fan and your own biggest advocate. But you also have to know what you bring to the table and you have to know what makes you stand out. Like, right. you can't just reach out to a brand and be like, hi, I'd love to work together. It's like, so would 10 million other people. Exactly. So, it's not about your following. Again, don't be afraid to reach out to brands if you are, have a smaller following. Know what you bring to the table and have the skills of pitching. And have the skills of, you know, putting your value out in front of people. But also the more that you're showing up authentically and providing that value, again, the brands are going to notice you. So I think it kind of goes both ways. I think you got to put yourself out there, but you also have to show them what you're capable of. And if you're not already just talking about products that you already have in your house in a way that might look like a brand deal... Or look like UGC content. Start doing that now because they're not going to say yes to you if you have nothing on your page that even shows that you can sell a product. So if you're if you're not comfortable with sales, get comfortable alongside with the creating.
3: Yeah, because that's literally what content creating is. You know, you create the content for the brands that are paying you to you know get yeah. the sale for them.
2: Right, and if you're not able to convert, they're not going to work gonna with gonna you again. You. Yeah. So if you want to build that sustainability, that skill of sales is super important. Which we have a little bit of something that we can hopefully help you with that with. I think this year is going to be huge for content creation. I think the buyer spending is slowing down. However, the need for content creation is going up and the spend from brands on content creators is going up. The highest it's ever been. So this year's, I mean, this year's it. And we actually have a free masterclass coming up on Tuesday the 17th. So excited. Tomorrow. It is free, fully free. We're going to do like an hour or so training on why the heck this year is the year, how to create content that converts. If you're struggling with that sales side of content creation, we'll help you with that. If you're struggling with the content creation and you're maybe you're a business owner or something, you want to reach more brands, we'll help you with that. Um, Like I said, it's free tomorrow and it's going to be great.
3: And we're so freaking excited. All the things we've learned.
2: Literally, we're gonna spill our whole hearts. We've well, been through the highest highs
3: and the lowest lows, and we're giving you all of it. For
2: all free. of it, and also there's gonna be a little something special on that free webinar for those that want to take it to the next level, um, and really just scale their income. Six figures and beyond is the goal this year for all you know content creators, business owners. Again. If you're a content creator, you got to have the skill of sales. If you're a business owner, you obviously hopefully already have the skill of sales. If not, let's brush up on it, but let's also teach you how to create content that gets you in front of your ideal audience yes. and allows you to convert and scale that business to six, seven figures and beyond. So that's what's going down tomorrow in the master class. It's absolutely free. Definitely hop on. The link is in our bios on social media. I'll also have it in the show notes of this episode so you can plug in and we'll see you tomorrow on the masterclass so excited you guys see you tomorrow
3: never met a match I couldn't handle no one else could ever hold a candle get
0: ready for a battle cause you know